Hello everybody, it's nearly four o'clock in the morning and it's the 9th of March 2023 and I just felt really compelled to get up and to do this podcast and it's all about an urgent message to the church. This message is a wake-up call, I believe, to the body of Christ, the believers, because for too long we've been asleep. We've allowed the world in. And I was reminded about Moses, how Moses was sent as the deliverer to set the people free. Well, isn't that exactly like Jesus? He was sent down here to, to deliver us, to redeem us. Then Moses took them through the Red Sea. The waters parted, the people walked through, and then the seas closed back over and all the enemies were defeated. And they walked safely to the other side. Isn't that exactly the same as what Jesus did when he takes us from darkness into light through the cross? And all our enemies are defeated right there through his body and his blood that was shed for us. And then he goes into the grave, he dies for th- and for three days he's in the grave and then he rises again and he goes up to the Father and he now seated at the right hand of the Father. Now Moses went up to the mountain to receive messages from God and the people got restless while they were waiting for him. And what did they do? They created their own gods. They created a golden calf. You know, Jesus has gone back up to sit with his father, but he's going to come back again. Have we grown restless in waiting? Have we created our own gods? Have we gone after the gods of this world? Hmm, Something to think about. And I've been thinking about it all night. Because I see a lot of golden calves. I see that we've taken on so much of the world that you can hardly tell the difference between the church and the world. Now, when the world starts to tell us that the truth is a lie and the lie is the truth, then isn't that a wake-up call? Because I think there's somewhere in the Bible that says in the latter days that's going to happen, that lawlessness will abound. Well, what are we seeing in our land at the moment? Um... Look at the youth crime rate. It's been all over the news. Everybody's talking about it. It, it. Did that just happen? No, it's been happening for ages because we've we've taken God out of the picture in our land. We've we've taken God out of schools. We've taken God out of family. We've and dare I say we've even taken God out of the church. The church is supposed to be His body. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Salt. Salt is a preserver. It's a flavourer. That's what the church is supposed to be. And light. Light dispels the darkness. That's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be the hope of the world. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Where is that hope for the world? When we are not telling them the truth. When... We are taking on the lie that is around us and we are refusing to speak the truth. Why? Maybe because we're frightened. Maybe because we want to be inclusive. We want to be relevant. Well, my Bible tells me that God's word is from everlasting to everlasting. That the whole world will fade away, but his word never will fade away. That anybody who adds or subtracts anything from his word will be accursed. So... If I read the word and I believe that it is the true inspired word of God, 
in its entirety, then how am I, a me human, able to what I call shopping trolley Christianity and take this piece out because I like that one, but I'll leave that one on the shelf because I don't really like the taste of that one. He either is who he says he is and his word is what it says it is or it isn't. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So this message, this urgent message to the church is wake up. Wake up before it's too late. And why is this message so urgent? Well, I'll tell you why. Because in less than three weeks, New South Wales is going to be called to an election to re-elect its government, its new premier, its new representatives in the assembly and the council. And if we don't have godly voices, righteous voices in that parliament, goodness only knows what's going to happen to our kids. We need to stand up now for the next generation. We need to have a heart for our kids and their kids and their kids and their kids to come. Because if we don't stand up now, the world as we've known it, the freedoms that we've enjoyed, the privileges that we've been able to have is not going to be there for them. And what an indictment on us because we're the generation that left the mess behind. I can't do that. I've got grandchildren. I've got children. I can't do that. I have to stand up. I have to speak the truth. I have to put my hand up. So I'm going to be running for the Legislative Council in the next election. I'm going to be running because I want to be a voice for the voiceless majority of people that have been silenced. I want to be a voice for reason. I want to be a voice for common sense. I want to be a voice for freedom and liberty in this land, for choice. And I most importantly want to be a voice for our young people. For these children that are having this sexualization thrown at them at every point where children are being just exploited. I can't think of any other word but exploited. Ten years ago, what we're doing now to our young children would have been classified as child abuse. And now we're celebrating it and we're encouraging it and we, we're rewarding it. A child of six is not sexualized. It shouldn't be having these pictures and these images and these condescending evil things placed in front of them. And, and parents standing there and applauding it. Our school system should be about literacy, numeracy. It should be about making sure that our children are well equipped for, for life when they leave, not to sexualize them. When did we give our children over to the state to change the way they think, to, to them, for them to be the moral compass of our family, for them to be the ones that decide whether our children have gender fluidity or not? When did we do this? Come on, Australia, let's wake up. We have an election coming up. We have the chance to put righteous people in power to protect our laws, to protect our constitution, to protect our freedoms. But let me tell you, if you're still on the fence about church and state mixing them, well, I, want, I have really bad news for you. And I say this with the greatest of respect. If you don't believe that the church and state should 
mix, then you're going to find out very, very soon that the state is definitely going to take full control of your church. It's going to decide what you can say, when you can say it, how you can say it, who can go there, who can't go there, and when and when you can and when you can't have church. And your faith-based schools, well, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to have faith-based schools because you're not going to be have, able to have teachers that have the same values and the same principles and that are prepared to model those values and those principles for your children. Because let's face it, that's what a faith-based school is all about. A faith-based school is about the school and the family working together to raise the next generation up with exactly the same values and principles. You take out the school's ability to hire and fire the people that it needs to have that will uphold those values and those principles and model them to the next generation, then what's the point of a faith-based school? If we don't protect the unborn, if we don't be a voice for those that don't have a voice, if we don't stand up for true inclusiveness, for true equality, what we've got right now is not that. I mean, there is a science behind male and female, let alone the, the spiritual connotation of it. God said, let us make them in our image. Let us make them male and female. Do you know there's a biological fact that the anatomy of a female is completely different to a male? And the DNA and the chromosomes associated with the male and the female cannot be cut out with a scalpel or with hormone replacement. It doesn't matter how much mutilation you do to the physical body, the DNA and the chromosomes remain exactly the same. A male remains a male and a female remains a female. When we start to devalue and mock and ridicule the very essence of the species, what are we doing? We are created in the image of God and we are mocking that. We are degrading that. We are confusing that for our young people. And we're wondering why mental health is rising, why suicide rate is rising, why the crime rate is rising. Young people are hopeless. They're confused. They're angry. And I, I totally, I don't condone any of the acts, the violent acts, the, the heinous acts. I don't. But we have taken God out of the family we have taken God out of the school. We are now taking God out of the government. We need to make sure that we have a godly voice in our New South Wales State Parliament because what sort of policies and legislation is going to happen if we don't have someone protecting the innocent, protecting the freedom, protecting the freedom of religion and freedom of speech, freedom of choice? We've had two years where we've had our freedoms taken off us. Do you want to live a life like that? The church is supposed to set a standard in its community, in its nation. It's time, church. It's time. This is an urgent message for you, the church, to stand up and be counted, to know what you believe, to know what you're prepared to fight for. Because if you're not prepared to fight for it now, let me tell you, these things are going to be taken off you and then it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late for your children to have the rights to go to the school that they want to go to, to have the values and the principles that you want to have instilled in them. You're going to lose that right. 
You're going to have your children being over-sexualized at an age where they're too young to even understand what it's all about. And you're not going to have a say. They can decide to change gender and the school is under no obligation to tell you as a parent. Do you really want that sort of legislation being put into parliament so that you as a parent lose the right over your own child's body? When they're not even in a, in a state of mind that's capable of making such a lifelong decision, a decision for mutilation? Do we even have to think about this? Do we even... It's almost embarrassing that we're even having to say this. But I am so compelled that it is time to say this. It is time to protect our freedom because all I see is there's such an onslaught against it. And we've laid down and we've slept through what's just taken place and what's right is wrong now. I mean, how, how is it that we've come to a place where women who have volunteered their time to help nursing mothers learn to breastfeed their babies get fired because they won't follow policy and refuse to use the word mother and breastfeeding? Where we've decided to take away the very essence of the female psyche and say you can't be called a mother anymore you can't be called a breastfeeder you can't be called the only person that brings forth life well last time i looked at a biology 101 book the female anatomy is the only anatomy that can bring forth life it carries the womb men don't i'm sorry if that offends some of you but if you the church are listening to this, then you shouldn't have a problem with it. You should know what the Bible says about a male and a female. You should know what the Bible says about the sanctity of marriage between one man and one woman for the reproduction of godly seed. You should know that because it's written. It's a covenant, a blood covenant between a man and a woman and God. Why do ungodly people want to make a covenant, a marriage covenant, with a God they don't believe in? That's a really good question, don't you think? Sex used to be a thing that was sacred. It was between two people behind closed doors. Now we celebrate it in the city streets. We have people half naked and we applaud it and we put it all over our TV screens and we go, yee-haw, isn't this wonderful? No, I don't think it's wonderful. We're supposed to be modest, aren't we? That's what my Bible tells me. We're supposed to have modest apparel we're supposed to respect each other's gender a female honors the man and the man values and respects and loves the female we have different attributes and we should celebrate and elevate those different differences but not not muddy them not confuse them and mesh them into this fluidity fluidity gender fluidity it's there's no gender fluidity it's a one man one woman now, let me just clarify. There are some people that are born that may have chromosome misplacement. They may have genital issues. Where I know that there are maphrodites that are born part female, part man, and they, someone has to make a decision. But they usually do testings to see which way they lean, whether they lean more for the female or the male chromosomes, 
so that they decide based that I'm not saying that there aren't genuine cases of this, but to the extent that we have now, that we say we have gender fluidity, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's just gender confusion. We have just taken everything that is certain and made it uncertain. And that causes confusion, causes depression, causes anxiety, causes suicidal thoughts, causes hopelessness. You have to have things that are certain. You have to say right is right and wrong is wrong. We as a church, as the body of Jesus Christ, cannot continue to sit silent while these things go on around us because that silence is going to be so loud soon that you are not going to be able to speak at all. You are not going to be able to preach the word of God. You're not going to be able to pray for people. You're not going to be able to take your children to church. You're not going to be able to send your children to a school because you don't know what they're going to be taught because you won't be able to teach them faith-based principles because that won't be acceptable in a, a state that's coming. I really beseech you to get back to your word of God, to get back to believing that it is God-breathed for your instruction, for your teaching, that you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to be the flavor and the light so that those that are in darkness can come out into the light and be saved. We're the hope of the world. If we lose it, then they have no anchor. They, they have no hope. They have no life jacket. Our children and our children's children are depending on us to stand up. And it sounds, it sounds urgent. It is urgent. I believe this is really urgent. I believe it's something that we cannot sit down and take for granted and go, oh, oh, that's somebody else's problem. No, if, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, then this is a call of arms. This is a call to stand up, be united with other brothers and sisters and stand up and say, this far but no further, we're pushing you back. We're pushing back the darkness. We're saying no to this. We're going to protect our children's innocence. We're going to protect our education system from this dangerous ideology and we're going to bring back the three R's, math, English, writing, arithmetic. We're going to bring back raising the educational standards of our children. We're going to look out for our families. We're going to say what a real family is. We're going to say that children need the certainty of a family life where there's two committed people, where the children are raised up in godly seed. That's what the church is supposed to be teaching. That's what the church is supposed to be providing. Well, I hope this urgent message stirs you up. Go back to the word. Get into his presence. Ask him. Don't take my word for him. Take this message and go to the Lord in your prayer closet and ask him, is what she's saying right? Is this the time to stand? Is what she's saying correct? Have I moved away? Have I got a golden calf? Do I need to get on my face and repent 
and cry out for mercy for myself, for my family, for my state, for my nation. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and repent and call out, then I would hear from heaven and I would heal their land. People, it's time to humble ourselves. It's time to root out those gods, those golden calves that we've created because we believe the Lord's tarried, because he's coming back and he could come back any time and we need to be ready. We need to be the ten, the, the five wise virgins that have their oils full in their lamp, ready and waiting for our Saviour to come back. As I said before, don't just take my word for it. You go and check it out for yourself. You go and read the scriptures for yourself. You get before God. You ask him. And if I am right, then I beseech you, when it comes time to go and put a tick beside a name, make sure you find a godly name. And if you don't remember any other name, I hope you remember my name. I'm running for the Legislative Council. My name is Deborah Lyons. It's a pretty easy name to remember. Deborah, Deborah in the Bible, and Lion, the Lion of Judah. That's my name. And I hope and pray that you'll hear the heart in which I bring this message tonight because we need to stand up and we need to protect the truth. We need to protect our families. We need to protect our freedom. And we need to stand together and fight back. Thank you.